Hi, you're listening to Eternal Stance. I hope this message inspires you to live in light of eternity. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to Galatians 5? It's probably one of my favorite passages to preach on. And if you heard me preach on this before, I am sorry. But I felt really strongly about preaching about this tonight. Mostly because I think when we step into a new year, we already feel, what, what's, the day's, what's today's date? The 5th? right? Or the fourth. May the fourth be with you. (laughs) The fifth, (laughs) right? It's the fifth, I think. Um, So we have five days into the the new year. And and as I mentioned this morning, we already feel like we've already kind of fallen back into some old ways of thinking, into some old ways of behavior. And, And I'm hoping to maybe bring some clarity how, how do we make sure that we don't fall into the old way of doing things? Okay, so Galatians 5.13 says this, For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say to you, where I say, rather, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So we have here an amazing passage. Uh, Again, there's so much more in the whole chapter, but I just don't have enough time to go through the whole chapter because it's so packed with, with things that we can preach on. I think I can literally write a sermon on every single one of these verses. But over this New Year, um, we were at a party in Tri-Cities, and uh, during the New Year, um, a lot of us got in front, and they had these confetti guns, right, like that you just sort of pop. So when the New Year hit, we popped these confettis, and then if you were married, they encouraged, well, Andre, the, the host, encouraged everyone to kiss, and if you're single like me, you're just sort of like... Hey, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> this is great, you know? And then, you know, so you're just like celebrating, but you're like, well, this is awkward. Like, everyone's kissing around you, and you're like, whoa, this is very odd. Um, 
And then the confetti had money, like $100 bills in it. Like, not real ones, of course. It was all... I know, that's exactly my reaction right there. I was just like, everyone's like, money! And then, like, oh, it's fake. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because, obviously, a lot of people were taking video. And uh, I got tagged in one of them. And then somebody messaged me on Instagram saying, were you at this party? And I said, yeah. And they said, you know what? I'm unfollowing you right now, Pastor. And... I was like, you know, I didn't know what to reply. Because I was like, I'm going to follow you too. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't say that. Uh, but I was, that was the first reaction that I got, right? So um, I replied back, and I'm like, I'm so sorry you feel this way. You know, and they reply back, and they say, look, um, don't get me wrong, but I was part of that crowd. You know, and I'm like, well, you do understand that this actually event was, there was no alcohol. There's nobody dancing, grinding, and all of that, right? Like, there was no, nothing out of, it was crazy. I'm like, people that were around us, they were married, so they could kiss. So, like, there's nothing you can do about that. We didn't know there's dollars in the confetti, because you'd buy more, and I'm joking. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, like, but... When you post something like that on Instagram, it looks automatically kind of bad, doesn't it? When somebody doesn't understand the full context of what really happened. And to make, ironically, about this whole event, it was actually they were trying to raise money for an orphanage in Moldova. And it's put on by people who are Christians. You know, but if you don't see the whole... Now, of course, this, the reason I'm telling you this is not to justify myself. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. I'm just telling you that if you were to look at that, you're like, wow, Slavic is hanging out with all these people, and it looks so wrong, right? So I was like, look, I'm sorry you feel this way, but there's two extremes here. On one hand, you use the grace of God as license to sin, and on the other hand, you use the grace of God as legalism, that I'm better than you because I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm like, we need to stay away from both of those extremes, and he, oh man, I said he. Um, he was a he, okay? <laughs> I will not tell the name. <laughs> um, so, so he replied back and says, hey, really, I really, um, I really respect the fact that you replied back in such a kind way, you know? He says, but to me, it is, I used to hang out with the people that you're hanging out with right now with. I'm like, who, Edward? I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, did, I did say that. Um, so, like, I'm thinking, like, because at that time I'm thinking, like, what do you mean people that, like, to me, I had the same reaction. I'm like, what do you mean, right? Um, and my reply was, look, like, that's not, that was, a, that was a Christian party that we went to. Now, of course, there's a case to be made that normally pastors like me, during New Year's, they pray, right, and going into the New Year, which I think is a really good thing. And like a city in the hill, we, we also did that, where we prayed, we had a service before we had that, you know? And like now, in retrospect, if I were to do this New Year's better, I would rather pray through the New Year. But a problem becomes when you pray through the whole year, uh, through the year, right, like through the passing of those 10 minutes, right? If you pray through that, that's an amazing thing. That is awesome. 
But then if you take that and you say, well, but you know what, guys? I can't believe you went to a party because you know what? You know what I was doing on Christmas or on New Year's, rather? I was praying. Now, you've crossed a line there. So you, you're not just, now you just pray, but now you're using that to say, you know what? I'm a better Christian than you. You went to a party. I was praying through it. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. That's a step that you step into legalism. Again, praying through the new year. In retrospect, I'm thinking like, he has a point. You should be praying through the new year. But the moment you're using that to show that you're a better Christian, the, mo- the moment now you are using the grace of God as a, as a bargaining tool, as, as something like, hey, guess what? I'm so much better than you. So, so I was, now, that's, that's not a case that he made, but made it sound like that. That like, hey, I can't believe you went to a party. So as I was talking to him back and forth, I tried to explain the look. In retrospect, if that was a stumbling block for somebody, right, that I went to, to this party, then maybe I could have done a better job. Because I truly believe in, in being an example. But at the same time, if somebody uses this against you, then you've stepped into legalism. You're not seeing it. But, it, but it's there. And this is where we come here in Galatians 5, right? He says, For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, Galatians are notorious for this one passage. I think it's Galatians 3, where Apostle Paul writes to Galatians and says, Look, you foolish Galatians, if you started by the Holy Spirit, if you started by the Spirit, are you trying to perfect your walk now by the flesh? Now, if you were to look, what does the flesh mean? Well, the flesh means your corrupt nature. Your old man, someone who, who basically you used to know, but in Christ you're a new creation. <coughs> so, so what happens here a lot of time is, we have two extremes. On one extreme, someone uses the grace of God and they use it as a license to sin. Well, God forgives. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. I'm going to get wasted. I'm going to go party. I'm just going to use this. Can I tell you that if you have that mentality, you are not saved, my friend? This is one extreme. This is the, the lost son that Jesus talked about, the prodigal son, right? Like this is the prodigal son where he doesn't really care about the love of the father. He's lost in the world and he's doing his own thing. He's out with prostitutes and sleeping around and he's just sort of, and then you know, he'll come to church from time to time and say, well, God forgives all things. I just get, gotta get it off my chest. And then I've seen people that leave that lifestyle and they, they encounter the Lord, and it's an amazing moment. But then they step into this other side of legalism, which is still the work of the flesh. If this was the work of the flesh, it was, I give into my pleasure, I give into my kind of like whatever I want to do. My, now when you step on this other side, you're using religion, you're using legalistic ways to sort of explain yourself and also to kind of prop yourself up above others. So it's like, well, you pray two hours, but I, I pray four. Just thought you should mention, I should mention. You, you, you read your Bible this many? Well, I read my Bible even more. You went to a party on, on, on New Year's? Well, guess what? I went to a prayer. So just saying, that's what Christians do. You know, real Christians, not that you'd understand. <laughs> right? Like it's this attitude of like, hey, I am so much better than you that I... I, 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 pr- 
I, I pray through New Year's as well, to not sort of leave the story just kind of in the middle, right? Like, we did end up on a really good note. And the good note was we both understood that there's both extremes to, to, to this thing. And he's like, well, I'm going to not unfollow you because I feel like you're so kind in your response and that your true character shows out. And I'm like, now you're just saying things. But, <laughs> but here's the whole point I'm mentioning this story is that it's so easy to give into this. And here's where Apostle Paul speaks to Galatians. And he says, for you are called to freedom. You, are, you need to be free from your sin, from your bondage, from your addictions. You need to be free from this. But as you are freeing yourself from this, don't submit yourself to the yoke of legalism now. Don't submit yourself to, hey, I am so better. Now that you have a pride issue. Now you are sort of a hypocrite because you know that it's not because you are perfect that God saved you. It was God who saved you. But now you're using how many times you pray, how many times you read to show God that you're worthy. And this is whole argument that Paul has with Galatians. That Galatians, why are you so stupid? You started in the Spirit of God. Why do you think that now you can show the world that you're good by reading your Bible and prayer? And well, they mentioned the whole thing about circumcision, you know, because circumcision was the sort of the kind of the symbol of their old law. Apostle Paul says, you, you can't use that anymore. You either, either live by the Spirit or you live by the flesh. And if you live by the flesh, it's deadly. No matter if it's here by the flesh, it's deadly, or if you're a Pharisee on this other side. He goes on to say, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, be it on this side or this side, right? But through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. He says, look, don't be a slave to lasciviousness and don't be a a slave to legalism, but choose to serve one another in love. That's what we're called to, is not to be slave to this side or this side, but to serve one another in love. Right? He goes on to say, verse 16, he says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. Now here he sets up this, this verse 16 and 17. He says, look, you have a war. And verse 17 talks about how there's a war between your flesh and your spirit. If you're here, you're going to hear things like, let's just go party. Let's just go do, and then you're going to have the Holy Spirit of God saying, no, come back to the Lord. If you are here, you've got to prop yourself up and you're thinking, well, I'm just so much better than everyone. And the Holy Spirit keeps on telling you, humble yourself, because if you allow this pride, this pride will destroy you, right? So no matter which side of this equation you are, at the end of the day, you're still dealing with the same thing. You have the flesh against the Spirit, and they're constantly fighting. The question that becomes, okay, how do you win? How do you make sure that it's the Spirit of the Lord that wins and not your flesh? Well, He, he tells you right here. He says, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. How do you win this fight? Fight by choosing this, the, to walk with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you, how do you walk with the Holy Spirit? 
when I was in Moldova, we went to school and we didn't actually have uh, buses or any kind of form of tr transportation. So we had like about a good hour of walking to school. And to us, it was a thing where you, if you want to be friends with someone, like, would you, walk through, would you walk with me to school? Or if you wanted to get to know a girl, <laughs> like, you'd ask her that. Like, would you? And that was kind of code for, like, hey, I want to get to know you. Right? That was just a thing that we did. Now, of course, you, you have friends, friends that, like, you know, they always kind of tend to either, like, kind of stay behind, and they're very slow in their walking, and they're kind of doing this. You know? And then you have your friends that are always on a the mission. They're like, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they happen to have really long legs too, you know? Like, so you're like, yo, I'm trying like really keep up here. And you're like, I'm really trying to keep up with you here. Right? So the moment you start to walk faster or slower, there's, a, there's obviously a, a distance creating I want to use that analogy to tell you this is what it needs to be with the Holy Spirit. Don't get in front or behind. Walk with Him step by step. If He calls you to a church and you don't feel like He's calling you anywhere else, this idea that somehow, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take a break from church and I'm just going to like chill. And then, no, He has not spoken to you about going to a different church. People ask me a lot of times, like especially like you guys know a lot of things, a lot of restructuring is happening at City Hill between all campuses. And, and people ask me a lot. They're like, are you going to stay with City Hill for a long time? I'm like, well, God's not speaking about me moving, so until He speaks, I ain't moving. Until He gives me a new direction, and that's going to be something that is biblical, something that is confirmed by my, my, my godly authority, and something that I know deep in my heart, this is, this is God speaking Right, but this idea that somehow I just get up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I think I'm just gonna, I'm done with that. No, have you, con have you consulted with the Holy Spirit on this? Walk and step with Him day in day out. A lot of times I talk to someone that is trying to kind of be counseled, or they're going through a, a difficult season of their life, and they're telling me all, all their kind of like problems, right? Like they're telling me, and they're looking at me, and they're done talking, right? And they're looking at me like, so what are you going to say? And I'm like, I have nothing. <laughs> and like in the moment, I'm thinking like, Lord, you better speak because I have nothing. And they'll figure out in just a minute. And then they, they're like, and I'm like, <laughs> right? And something out of me starts to, uh, you know, starts to speak, you know? And I'm like, wow, this is actually good. Like, how did I come up with that? Well, I wasn't coming up with that because I was just blank. Two seconds ago, I, I, I was literally blank two seconds ago, and I'm like, and then, then just praying, I'm like, you better speak. Sometimes I walk on stage, right, and I'm, I'm about to close worship, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. And I'm like, Lord, you better, and it's not like I haven't thought about it. I knew like a week in advance I'm going to do this, and I don't have a word. And I'm like, Lord, what is happening? And then I walk on stage, and a word comes out, and I'm like, well, great, but could I have had that three days ago? No, it's just... Walk and step with him. When he says go, you go. When he says when he says stop, you stop. What if we actually took this and every single time you're doing a decision about your career, you would ask the Holy Spirit about this? What if every single time you're about you're about to open your mouth and, and you're about to to maybe like be between two friends or fighting or whatever, right? Like before you say anything. 
you actually listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what do you want me to say right now? Because right now, like, you know how <laughs> you have friends that are fighting and you could talk to one, one and then you talk to the other and then And then they make up and then they see you as the problem? happens you know why because we put ourselves we don't listen to the holy spirit so be in step with him right but i say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh for the flesh sets his desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another that you might not do the things that you please verse 8 says this but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now, what does that mean? It, it's such a small verse, but it, there's so much meaning behind this. Look, in the Old Testament, everything was done by the law. You did the crime, you did the time, period. For you to be saved in the Old Testament, you had to be perfect. Turns out, none of us is able to be perfect. If you think you're perfect, the very fact that you think that you're, makes you not perfect. Right? So, so back in the Old Testament, people would have, and that was a God showing that, look, on your own accord, you cannot enter into my kingdom. In, in your own strength, in your own, you know, kind of like, with your own kind of like, I'm going to pull up myself from my bootstraps sort of mentality, right? Like, how many, how many times I pray a day, like, that doesn't make you perfect. All of us sin. And, and what Apostle Paul says here is that you're no longer under that burden. You're not under the burden of being perfect. No, you are walking where you are being led by the Spirit. Now, what is walking and being led by the Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit didn't just exist or didn't just start existing 2,000 years ago. In Genesis, we see that the Holy Spirit was hovering above the waters. So the Holy Spirit was there the whole time. He was part of creation. The Holy Spirit saw the fall of you and me. The Holy Spirit was working towards your redemption and mine. On the cross, or at the baptism of Jesus, just before that, the Holy Spirit was present. He says that, that when Jesus was baptized, this dove came over him, and that was signifying the Holy Spirit came over Jesus. And there was a loud voice that said, This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit was at the cross. The Holy Spirit had a job at the cross. Now, the Holy Spirit works today, to convict us of our sin. And then He grants us repentance. And then He dwells inside of us. So this whole you know, creation, and then fall, and then redemption, it's all part of the Holy Spirit. So when your Russian parents tell you things like, do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit, because that's the only sin that doesn't get forgiven. And I was like, did I, did I blaspheme? Because I, I think I've said something before. And you know how you thought you're, there's no hope for you because you thought you blasphemed? To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to look at the work of the Spirit, the work of creation, and then His work in, in sort of the redemption of who, of who you are as a son and daughter of Christ. To look at this, to look at what the Holy Spirit is doing at the cross. He was present there. To look at all of that and say, you know what? Nope, not interested. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to look at His work and says, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. I have a better way. My better way is to keep the law, to be perfect. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is not forgivable because you're turning against or you're turning your back 
against the only thing that can save you. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to look at the cross and say, oh, that's all a lie. To, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to turn yourself away from anything of God. And the reason it's not forgivable is because the only thing that can save you, you've just turned your back on. So no, we are not, you know, when we quote, but the Old Testament says you shall not have piercings, which a lot of girls here are guilty, I'm just saying, right? Like, like, right, like, or even guys here, some guys have piercings, right? Like, if you were to keep the law, you would have to make sure that you're perfect. But we don't live under that. We live under grace. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He brings, or the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And in this freedom, you get to serve one another. Now in this freedom, don't submit yourself under the yoke of, of, of your flesh when it comes to lasciviousness or legalism. So, the whole, the, the, so, so verse 8, but you are led by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That was actually verse uh, 18. Verse 19 says this, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, dispute, uh, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Of such I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at these things, right? If we can put them on the screen really quick. You know, there's certain things here that, for example, if we were to divide, you know, young people that are partying versus the elders in the church, especially in the kind of like very conservative church, if you were to divide them into categories, right? There's certain things here that would have, like for example, drunkenness. I would like to think the conservative churches, you know, the whole like kind of, um, I would say the committee of, of conservative like pastors or whatever, right? I wouldn't think the drunkenness would be something that was, would be very prevalent in that group. But I would think the drunkenness would be very prevalent in this other group, right? People are partying, right? But he, that's not the only thing he mentions, Outburst of anger. Have you ever seen that in a conservative church? No? You haven't talked to a, 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 um, one of those ushers, you know, that like, has a problem with <laughs> your ripped jeans, and somehow they went from praying for three hours to just sort of an outburst of anger at how ungodly you are? Right? Does jealousy happen? Of course. Jealousy doesn't just happen here. It also happens here. Who's going to be in charge? Who's the senior pastor? Right? Oh, <laughs> step on his toes, right? Like, <laughs> disputes. Talk about disputes. Were dissensions and factions. You know what? I heard this, this story. It's like the guy was, was on, on the bridge. He was about to jump. And this guy came. I don't know how true the story is, but just go with it for analogy's sake, right? He comes up and he says, Bro, like, are you even a Christian? The guy's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. So you're about to jump? What kind of Christian are you? Are you a Pentecostal or a Baptist? And he's like, well, I'm a Baptist. Uh, he's like, well, okay, well, are you a Baptist, you know, 1958? Or are you a Baptist? And the guy's like, well, I'm a Baptist, 1958. And he says, and I pushed him over. You die, you heretic. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? 
Like the moment you disagree with someone in church, you automatically think they're hellbound. You automatically think that they're just they're just the most horrible person that has ever been created. Right? Like talk about factions. Are you this kind of conservative or are you this kind of conservative? Are you this kind of liberal? This kind of is envying happening here? A lot of envying. Drunkenness is more like to the side, but I would not just say it's only this. I, I, I mean, we've all been part of people that claim to be godly, and they were going home, getting drunk, and beating their wives. Crowsing, which is kind of like going crazy and drinking and having a party and all that, socially drinking. And things like these, I forewarn you, like I've forewarned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that is a huge warning to all of us. And the first part of it, he also mentions immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Now, sorcery my might not be like most of us don't think of, you know, witches that often or anything like that. But there are certain things that we do that can fall into sorcery. Idolatry is when you make your car, your house, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your, your idol. Right? These things... <laughs> I, I look at the next part of this verse and that gives me pause, not only that, but I look at this, I'm like, we better take this seriously. Because if we do these kind of things, it tells me that there, that is a heart that hasn't been changed. That is a heart that still goes with the flesh, not walking with the Spirit. That side or this side, right? But this is the hope right here, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let me read that again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I'd like to think if you've been a Christian for 40 years, I'd like to think that you'd be more joyous. You'd have more peace You'd be more patient, right? You'd be more kind if you're a leader in the house and someone is really getting on your nerves, right? And you think they're very wrong. And if only they would understand the things the way you understand them because you're more spiritually mature. Well, then I expect you to be more understanding. I expect you to have more kindness, more goodness, more peace towards that person. If you claim yourself to be more spiritual, because those are the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's not if you were a kasinka or not, right? Like if you were a head covering or not. It's not if you have holes in your pants. I mean, it depends who they are, but like, it's not about that. Right? It's not about these things that are so superficial. I go to churches and preach and they're like, oh, we don't wear ties in our church. And you go to church, like, you have to have a tie. Right? And I'll do it just for the sake of, because I don't want people to be distracted by me having or not having a tie. Because, you know, some people think that ties point to hell, which I still don't get that one. But, like, and I look at them, I'm like, listen, if putting a tie on means that I'm godly, that's really easy. It's really easy to slap a tie on or take it off. That is the easiest thing that I can possibly do. 
to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, that takes time. You don't just go and you plant a seed of apple tree and then you're like, whoa, where are my apples at? No, you have to wait. And it takes years. And if you're a new Christian and you're like, I don't see the fruit of the Spirit, trust me, it takes years to see all that. But if you continue to walk with the Spirit, you will start seeing these things. And I would hope if you've been a Christian for five years or ten years, you'd be way farther along. I expect you to, to, to show the fruit of the Spirit way more than someone that just start walking with Christ. I'm going to call to close very soon here, but I want to read the last two verses. It says, verse 24 says this, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. This makes it, in closing, he makes it very, two like very distinct statements here. One of them is that those who have been crucified with Jesus have crucified their flesh. You no longer give into drunkenness. You no longer give into, you know, immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, and factions. You no longer, you have to constantly kill that. You have to constantly put that on, on the cross. You have to crucify the flesh constantly because that's the work of, of, of the flesh. And when we start putting that on the cross and we kill that constantly, we allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in us that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. There is this thing where we think that just because we're farther along in walking with Christ, that somehow we're a better Christian. Can we just agree that we're all saved by the same blood of Jesus? The same grace was extended to you and me? Yeah, I might have a different role as a pastor here, but I am in desperate need of the same mercy and grace every single day, just like everyone here. We might look at some great man of God that lived some 10, 20, 30, 100, thousand years ago. But they were in desperate need of the same grace like you and me. So no, we are not better than one another. But what, what I hope that we take in 2020 is that not so much about, hey, I have to read my Bible and pray. Those are good, those are good things, but don't talk about them. Don't show how spiritual you are by how, how much you do. What I'm hoping is that we would walk in, his, in, in step with the Holy Spirit every single day of our lives. Every single day would be every single decision, every single moment. Is this Christ exalting or is it not? Is this decision bringing me closer to Christ or not? I heard the story of a young man. He went, uh, he was about 17, I think, and he told his dad he's going for a sleepover at his friend's house, but he went and got drunk, you know, and went to a party. And, and so his father calls his friend's father and said, hey, um, so how are, how are our boys doing? And the guy's like, what do you mean? They're not home. The guy's like, well, where, where, where are they? He says, well, they're on a trip. 
this father's thinking, well, he told me that he's sleeping over at your house. And then he finds out what happened really that weekend. And then this kid comes home. And this father's like, well, I have, I have a choice right now to go really discipline him, take away everything. He's like, how, how do I even handle this? I know he got drunk, he did drugs, he did all of this. He says, now, this is actually a true story. He says, I went into his bedroom and he was sitting on the floor up against the bed with his back up against the bed. And I sat right next to him. I said, son, I, you know I love you, right? And he's like, yeah. Hi, Dad. How was the weekend? Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was good. It was awesome. And the father looked at him and said, you know, son, I know exactly what happened. I know about the partying. I know about the drugs. I know about the alcohol. I found out everything. Like, I know everything that happened. But I want to tell you that every single day you have a choice to take a step towards Christ or farther away. And what you've done this weekend, you've taken some steps that will lead you into a lifestyle of brokenness. You've taken some step away from Christ into darkness. And I love you, and I want to spare you that. I hope you understand that. He says, and we both just cried. Look, I'm not here to bash on you. For those of you who are here tonight, but then on Saturday night you'll be, be wasted. I'm not here to, to bash on you, but I, I want to tell you that every single thing that you do, you either take a step towards Christ, you take a step in, step with the Holy Spirit, or you're taking a step towards darkness. Uh, darkness. That's your choice. And as a pastor, you know, like, I hate when people say things like, oh, you know what, I don't regret anything because, because I learned something from everything. I'm like, could you just call for what it is? That was brokenness. You could learn your lesson a lot less expensive, like a lot, like you could learn from other people. You don't have to learn through your own brokenness. So my hope as we step into 2020 is that I don't know how many times I'm going to talk about this, but it's not so much about that one big thing, that one call to the altar, but it's about the every single day thing. Are you being in step with the, with the Holy Spirit? Are you walking with Him? Is your default thinking Jesus or your default thinking your car, your house, or whatever idol you have? That is my hope. Every single step that you take, you take in step with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to pray. Um, I might call you up front, but what I want to do is, is I want to spend maybe a couple minutes just kind of be quiet, quiet your heart. If you, I'm not going to ask you to stand for this, just, just sit for, for now, but if you're on your phone, put your phone away just for, I promise, two, three minutes. Just search your heart on this. Say, Lord, Would you show me the areas in my life where I'm not walking with the Holy Spirit? Thank you for listening to Eternal Stance. My hope is that these messages will help you to live in light of eternity. If this podcast is a blessing to you, would you share with other people? Thank you in advance, and until next time, God bless you.